You are listening to Chatpoint, the live Q&A podcast from Checkpoint Church. Here at you every week, Thursdays, noon to one, twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church. I'm Nurpastor Nate, and I'm here to talk to you about whatever in the world we want to talk about today. Feel free to drop any questions or thoughts or anything as we're going along with this process over in the chat bar to the side. We will tackle as many of them as we can after... We tackle our question of the day, of course. We got to start with that. We got to start with our question of the day, our Q of the day, our QOTD, if you will. Um, we're actually doing something a little bit different this time, you guys. Uh, so things are changing a little bit, just for a, a wee bit, a wee bit of time, because we are um, wanting to experiment with something here on Chatpoint. It's still Chatpoint. We're still answering a question, but I thought it would be easier to kind of structure a series. So we're going to have a series. We're going to be asking a question around a topic, around an idea. And this series that we're doing, this experimental series that we're doing is called Lies You've Been Told. Lies You've Been Told. And our first one that we're talking about, you can read down below. You've already figured this out. But it's Lies You've Been Told About the Church. Why am I doing this? Why, 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 why this? Why are we tackling this issue? Well, here's the thing, okay? I'm, I'm not in this thing. Uh, I'm not starting this church with the purpose of getting people that are already going to church. Uh, I'm not here to snag people from other churches. I'm not here to draw in people from other churches. I, I'm not doing any of that at all. My whole purpose of being here is that I want Checkpoint Church to exist for people that don't feel welcome at the church. I want you to have a place that finally you do feel welcome. And so I'm going out on a limb and saying that I think the reason that you don't feel comfortable at the church, I'm not trying to assume what your reason is. You may have a perfectly valid reason. I would go with the basis that you probably do. So I'm not trying to tell you that you don't have a reason, but what I'm trying to do is hopefully provide some insight into what we are here at Checkpoint and to what we aren't at Checkpoint. I'm assuming, which as you know, can be problematic. So if it is, I apologize and know that that's not my intention uh, to be doing anything less than genuine. Uh, But I am assuming that the reason that you do not like the church uh, does not apply to why you would not like Checkpoint or like Checkpoint. And I think that the reason that we've done that is because we have a misconception, because we've been told lies about who Jesus is. We've been told lies about what church is. Uh, We've been told lies about what a pastor does. We've been told all these lies. And I don't mean to say it so insidiously, it just happens to grab people's intention. Some of these lies may be the way that people genuinely believe. Uh, So they might not be lies as much as mistruths or misconceptions or half-truths or uh, confusion or whatever it may be. I just like the word lies because it's got some sizzle to it. Um, but it could be a lot of different things. And so I'm not trying to come down hard on the church here, nor am I trying to come down hard on you. Uh, we're going to go from both ends of this thing. We're going to do lies you've been told about the church. Yes, we're going to talk about Christian stuff. We're also going to do lies you've been told about video games. Uh, and this will be more for the church people that are a little bit confused about what in the world I'm doing. And if a pastor can be playing video games all the time and aren't video games a waste of time and don't they promote violence, et cetera, et cetera, you guys know how it goes. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a lot 
we're going to be answering a lot of different questions. So I thought it would be easier to try and segment them off into little sections. And so that's why we're starting with the first one. I have a feeling you have been lied to about what the church is. Again, I don't mean anything insidious with this. I don't think that people are trying to lead you astray. I don't think people are trying to confuse you. I think that it's confusing and it's not normal. And so we are going to talk about why is the church so weird? What is the church not? And what is the church? So let's get started, shall we? We got four. I got four misconceptions. Like I said, feel free, drop any of those thoughts that you got. Uh, If you have questions, things like that, we will tackle those for sure. Welcome back, Layla. We're glad you're here. And maybe 30 Bats, we're glad you're here as well. And so uh, I've seen folks misunderstand or misinterpret what's going on or misrepresent what's going on with the church and with folks not involved. Yes, we're going to tackle all that or we're going to try to at least. And if you guys have any extra questions or anything else that comes up that, you know, hits your brain that you want to ask, we'll be sure to tackle all of those in the second half of the show for sure. So let's start out with the first misconception uh, about the church. And like I said, we're going to go through four of these. I'm going to try to get through them as much as possible. Each of these could be like a 20-minute sermon in and of itself. So I'm going to try my best to make them, A, not a sermon, and B, uh, succinct. So the first one, the first misconception, I believe, is that the church is perfect. I think you've been lied to whenever the church tries to play itself off as being what we like to call holier than thou. So maybe you've heard the term a high steeple church or just a church trying to give off the vibe of having it all together. Uh, The reality of the church, and I do mean this equivocally so, (laughs) is that uh, we are not perfect. Any church that tells you that they're perfect is not only missing the point of the gospel, uh, but they are also uh, missing the point of everything. We're not perfect. We acknowledge that we're not perfect, and we should be comfortable saying that we're not perfect. A better way of thinking about the church, instead of being a place for perfect people, is to think of the church as a hospital. Think of the church as a place where we go to get better. It's a place we're filled, our walls brim to brim, every room, every hospital bed is full of sick, hypocritical people. People that are broken, people that are hurting, people that are angry, people that are confused, people that are sad, people that are depressed, people that, uh, you know, feel all of these emotions and all of these things. That's the reality of the church is that we aren't perfect. It cannot be perfect. It doesn't exist. Now in Methodism, we have an idea of grace. We have this idea of perfecting grace where we're heading into perfection. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we're not exactly sure when perfection happens. Uh, we're not even sure if it happens on this side of heaven. We, we like to think it does. We like to say that it's possible, but we don't really know exactly what that means and exactly how that's done. But we do believe that we're headed towards it. So while the church isn't something that is perfect, it's something that's trying to go towards perfection. That's a tricky thing, right? That's a, that's a very distinct difference that can really confuse people. Because to say that we're perfect is not to say that we're, you know, that we're doing everything right because we're not perfect. But instead, to say that we're heading towards perfection, to say that we're working towards perfection, that's our third rule here at Checkpoint. We're striving to grow. 
That's what we're trying to do. But in that, we absolutely have to acknowledge, uh, you know, Romans and Paul and 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 uh, Jesus certainly says it in the Gospels as well. Nobody is free from sin. And as Methodists really like to put it a lot, nobody's free from grace either. We have this idea of prevenient grace. We also have this idea of this prevenient sin, this thing that happens in our lives, this thing that overwhelms us, that is everywhere. And so nobody's free from either one of it. Nobody is perfect. I got to work it because this exists. We're all on this journey towards something. An easy way for me to think about it, and maybe it works for you as well, if you've ever played Final Fantasy X or Final Fantasy X, whichever one you want to call it, the main, well, maybe not the main, but at the beginning, the big bad uh, is sin, literally. It is sin, capital S, sin. It is this giant ball whale thing uh, that just causes absolute mayhem and havoc everywhere that it goes. And here's the thing that we learned. So this is spoilers for Final Fantasy X. If you've never played it, I'm going to try and make them light spoilers. Uh, Sin is something that keeps coming. It's a generational cyclical thing. Even whenever uh, you kill it in the game, which is the purpose of our hero's journey is to go into kill sin. Whenever you kill it, you're not killing it for good, but rather you're kind of putting it into a hibernation and then it comes back in a few years until of course, the, per- the point of Final Fantasy X is that something comes in and messes up that cycle. And so, right, we, we talk about it in the Christian sphere. That's Jesus coming and messing up the cycle of sin with a little thing we like to call grace, with a little thing we like to call redemption, which with a little thing we like to call perfection, headed towards something perfect. But to say by any meaning of the doubt that we might possibly already be perfect or that the church as a whole is perfect, the odds of finding one perfect person seems unlikely. The odds of finding a whole building full, I'm going to go downright impossible. So the church is not perfect. We need to go ahead and get that illusion out of our mind and instead acknowledge uh, the cyclical process of sin that takes takes havoc on our lives, on our you know generations before us, generations after us. And the only way that we can possibly get free of that cycle is for something, some kind of kink to get thrown into that cycle and mess it up and cause us to go on a different path. So Final Fantasy is a really, really cool point. And yes, maybe 30 bats, I absolutely want to agree with you there. Whenever I say the church is not perfect, I'm including myself. I'm, in, I'm including every pastor ever. Uh, I'm including every theologian. I'm including all of the historical theologians. I'll go out on that limb. Uh, that's a hill I'm not necessarily willing to die on, but it's one I'm certainly willing to make a stand on. Uh, none of us are perfect, and none of the pastorate or the theologians that we learn from in the history are perfect. Uh, Peter and Paul, not perfect, right? I mean, we just can't pretend. We can't put on this guise as if there should be any kind of superiority or hierarchical expectation of people inside the church and outside of the church. Just doesn't exist. So that's my first one, and that took way longer to talk about than I wanted to. We're going to move on to the second misconception. The second misconception, this is one you've probably heard before. It's probably been beaten into your brain, especially if you go to church. Uh, If you've ever heard me particularly preach, you've heard this a million times. But this is a hill I'm willing to die on. The church is a building. That's a lie. The church is not a building. You hear this phrase all the time, and it's gotten embedded into our psyche. And I think this this kind of happened to us in the 50s church. Uh, We're going to go to church. 
we're going to go and we're going to, you know, be at church. And then when Sunday ends, we're at not church, right? We, we go from being here is church. We are at church. And now here we are and we're no longer at church. We're home, which is not church. Then we go to church, which is church. Misconception. That is a lie. The church is not this building. The church is not these four walls. The church is not some beautiful stained glass. The church is not some beautiful name plates that your great, great grandmother donated. The, the church is not, uh, you know, that pew. The church is not, uh, these nice chairs. The church is not the worship team. Uh, the church is not these things. We try and put it into a box. We try to explain it and we try to give it away to something that is physical and, uh, not organic. When the reality of the church is that it is an organic metaphysical entity. Uh, it is a living organism. It is this own individual thing made up of people. So we like to call it the body of Christ. If you're uncomfortable with that kind of language, or if you're just not quite ready for Christianity, or if you're unsure, uh, we can talk more about what the body of Christ means. But we don't literally mean that we all, uh, you know, kaiju fuse together and make this megazord Jesus. No, we don't mean that. What we mean instead is that we are a metaphysical, we're beyond physical, and we are a part of something greater. In fact, here's the problem. We've, we've almost got this delineation in our brain where the church is the building that we go to, and I am a Christian. Uh, and here's the thing. The church is not a building. And while you may be a Christian, you're more than a Christian. There's a deeper level. There's something greater than the Christian. In fact, the term Christian, we don't even read it in our Bibles until Acts 11. Friends, that's after all four Gospels and after 10 chapters uh, of the Acts of the Apostles, the early stuff. It takes 10 chapters plus the whole Jesus thing before they even use the term Christian. There's so much more to Christianity. There's so much more to religion. There's so much more to following Jesus than just calling ourselves a Christian. Instead, we're called to be a part of the body of Christ, capital B, body. We're called to be a part of something greater than ourselves. In the Gospel of John, chapter 17, Jesus says this prayer for these disciples and for the future followers of what was known as the way. And he says, might they be one as we are one? I'm not going to try to get into a discussion on the Trinity and on God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit being a part of each other, but instead I'm going to say that that is the expectation, that is the hope, that is the goal for us, is not that we would go and be a part of the Methodist Church or the Baptist Church or Love Thy Nerd or Checkpoint Church. That's not the goal. That's just a step in the process. Whenever we become a part of the greater body of Christ, capital B body of Christ, we become a something bigger than ourselves. We become a part of this church universal. We become a part of something greater than. So the church is not a building. The church is a metaphysical body greater than anything. Bigger, stronger, right? We kind of do become that giant kaiju because we are something humongous in comparison to just being a little old church of 40 doing the best we can to pack backpacks. You know what I mean? That's good stuff. That's good ministry, but our goal is so much bigger. And so we're not just a building. We're not just four walls, but instead we're something outside of the building. We're something greater than that building. Third misconception. And this is a tricky one, and especially tricky one for this particular audience, all of you who are listening. And so I, I want to be very careful about what I say here. The church is not for people. Let me explain what I mean, because that's confusing in and of itself. What I mean by this is that the church is not an entertainment. 
experience. Uh, something that we kind of get out of church and that you might even get out of this church here. You know, we haven't really started worshiping necessarily. We're just doing gameplay and stuff like that is that you become kind of a receiver. You become a spiritual consumer. You become somebody that absorbs, you know, church, you absorb this stuff from church. And then that's, that's kind of all church is church is a Sunday where you just, you know, suck it in and you just get the stuff, you know, thank you. Thank you, pastor for this scripture. Thank you, pastor for this swag bag. Thank you, pastor for this music. Thank you for the stuff. Now I'm going to take this. I'm going to go. The church is not for people. It's not to be consumed. It's not something that is this mindset of we come, we receive instead the ultimate goal of the individual church of checkpoint church is that we want you, and this is total transparency. We want you to eventually go from a spiritual consumer, go from somebody that enjoys our let's plays, go from somebody that enjoys our, uh, you know, Bible studies, go from somebody that enjoys our podcasts, go from somebody who enjoys hanging out with us. We want you to go from that to being a spiritual giver. I don't know talking about finances there. I'm saying I want you to be able to move into joining our cause, which is to love our nerdy neighbor. We want to go from loving. We want we, our, our whole purpose here at Checkpoint, like I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast, is that my goal is not so much to reach people that are already in church. I want to reach the nerds that aren't being reached by the church or that are being hurt by the church. And so I want you to join that goal. That's my purpose here. My purpose is to reach you, to love, to pour myself out into you, to let you be a spiritual consumer with the purpose that eventually you will turn around and become a spiritual giver, loving in to your fellow nerds as well. Jesus says it pretty simply. You know, he says, what are the, what are the two most important commandments? What are the two most important laws that we should follow to love God and to love our neighbor? Those are where we kind of pin up that bow. That's where we kind of put it. And we feel pretty good about keeping it there. And so those are our things. We, we want to make sure while the church is for people, we are about people. We are pro people. We are not for people in the sense that we are just here to be consumed, but rather we are here to be consumed, adopted, and then spread. And that is tricky. And that's difficult stuff, and that's why we do this thing, and that's why we're doing this thing, so that we can be the very best we can be together. Final misconception before we move into our ad break and then our Q&A segment of the show is that the church is the law. Whoa. That's a heavy one. That's a heavy one that's going to get me put on some hit lists. I want to be super careful again about what I say here because I'm not trying to step on the church's toes either. The church, let me go ahead and tell you first off, you know, this will get a little bit into who I am and what, what the role of the pastor is. The church doesn't so much exist to be the final judgment, doesn't so much exist to be the one judging others. We'll talk about that in a second. But instead, I understand the role of the church as being one that orders. Within the realm of the Methodist Church, the way we de- define an elder or a deacon, both of them are called in a certain extent to what we call order of the church. So let's talk first about this whole thing about judge not. You've heard it before that Christians shouldn't judge other Christians. I know you've heard that. I know you've had that either levied against you or you've used that as a levying point. And I would bet you that you probably use the passage Matthew 7, judge not, lest ye be judged, right? This is right. 
and this is wrong. Let's talk about what exactly Jesus is actually talking about here in Matthew and how exactly we can get this done. Exactly, great point, Layla, not legalism. It's not law, but there is order. So let's talk about the difference and talk about what that means and what it exists to be. So whenever you've heard Matthew 7, you've probably heard, judge not, lest ye be judged. And I don't disagree. We need to be very careful uh, about judging and about judgment and realize and acknowledge in ourselves, we are not necessarily called to be a judge. We're not necessarily called to be a discerner. We're not necessarily called to these things. And then Jesus goes on to explain this thing where he says, you know, how ignorant you must be to look at someone else and to see the speck in their eye and to miss the plank in your own. Now he's using hyperbole here for a reason, right? I mean, this is the example of if we are filled with sin, if we are bad people, if we are, remember our first one, imperfect, then we need to be careful about what we do to others. We need to be careful about calling someone else out for their speck whenever in our own eye, we've got a big old plank sticking out. And this is the double-edged sword of legalism and why it's so problematic and so troublesome is that I believe the internet more than anybody else in this world has this, I don't know, it's fine-tuned comb ability to pick out anything less than transparency, Uh, anything less than complete, genuine nature is immediately, you know, it's like a little radar just goes off and picks up on it right from the get go. If you've got a plank in your eye, you are not going to be able to call out someone else's speck. And if you try to, you're going to get called out yourself. And so anytime we try to lay down some kind of law and put the fist down, what we're really doing is we're saying, listen to me. Do what I say. The reality of the gospel is not that we are called to be the judge, jury, and the executioner. We're not called to lay out this thing because we, remember, are not perfect. We are also broken. And so instead, what should we be doing? In the church, in the Methodist church in particular, we believe we should be creating order. Rather than invoking some kind of law or being some kind of dictator, The role of the pastor and the role of the church should be to provide a sense of direction. Now, how do we do that? How do we create order? I think our rules, our three rules that we have here on the channel, do an excellent job of that. We do good. We make sure we do no harm. And we make sure that we're striving to grow. So in the realm of ordering ourselves, First, you got to have some substance. I can't, you know, Layla, this is your second time joining us. Maybe 30 bats. You've been here a couple times. I cannot tell you what to do. It's not going to work. I can try and lay down some kind of law. I can try and do that. I can try and direct you. But the reality is, is there's no substance between us. The only way that the order is going to happen is first and foremost, there's got to be relationship. There's got to be relationship. I've got to know you. I've got to be a part of your life. We've got to be a part of a community. That's the first step. That's the first misconception for the church being the law is we are not the law for the random person. We are not the order for the random person. Judge not anyone else if you don't know them. So instead, the first thing we should be seeking out very beginning is relationship. 
That's our do good. How do we do good? We build relationships with others. Then we get into the next one. How do we make sure that we're doing no harm? Well, we can't be hypocrites. We can't have the plank in our eye. We can't be giving in to our temptation of just putting our own selves first or doing our own thing or being holier than thou or just putting our politics before our faith. Fill in the blank with whatever you want. You can't do that because that's causing direct harm. If I'm doing something wrong and I call you out, if I call out your speck whenever I have my plank, you're going to say, yeah, he's full of it. I don't believe this guy. I couldn't, I wouldn't, you know, trust him as far as I could throw him. And so that is directly doing harm between both of us. It's doing me harm. It's doing you harm. And so we don't believe in that. We are making sure that we're doing good. We're making sure that we're doing no harm. And then the final one, how are we striving to grow? We're striving to grow by building relationships and by growing the kingdom. And so the whole point of everything that we're getting behind is, is it going to grow me? Is it going to grow you? Those are important. But what's more important is this going to grow a love of God, a love of neighbor. Those are the two most important. Two most important commandments, the two most important laws, the two most important rules are not make sure you judge the other person, make sure you call out their speck no matter what, make sure you get in their, you know, cornflakes, make sure you do whatever you got to do to get them straightened out. No, 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 no. Do good, build relationships, do no harm, make sure that whatever you're doing isn't going to cause direct harm to that person or your relationship, and then seek to grow the kingdom. How? By encouraging them to love God more or to love their neighbor more. And if you're not doing any of those things, zip it. You're not progressing anything forward. You're not moving towards a greater thing. You're not growing. We're just taking more steps backward. I think a good example of this might be, uh, I want to avoid any real hot button topics. We can talk more about those if you want to, but I really don't have too much to say um, that you haven't already heard or that'll either get me in trouble or something along those lines. So let's talk about an easy one in this modern society we live within, divorce. Odds are, with 50% of marriages ending in divorce, you know somebody that has been divorced. Maybe you've been divorced. Maybe your parents have been divorced. Maybe your sibling has been divorced. Maybe your grandparents were divorced. Odds are you know someone that's been divorced. And I want to ask you, do you hate them? I doubt it. But divorce is one of the topics that Jesus picks up on. And Jesus says that divorce is awful. He calls it out. He says that it's a bad thing. It's doing harm. It's making sure that we do no good. It's not growing the kingdom. Jesus calls it out. And yet I bet that you probably don't hate a divorcee. You probably don't hate someone that's been divorced. Instead, you pity them, you feel bad for them, you build a relationship with them, you pat them on the back, you love on them, you cry with them, you weep with them, you laugh with them, you get drinks with them, you get dinner with them. You're doing everything that you can to do what? Build relationship. Everything that we do, first and foremost, must start with relationship. It must start with loving our neighbor. I don't care if what you think they're doing is sinful. I don't care if you think that they're not a perfect person because earth to you, you're not a perfect person either. 
you want to talk about their sin. You want to talk about their problems. You want to talk about their future. You want to talk about where they're going. You want to talk about religion. You want to talk about faith. You want to talk about church. Sure. Okay. Talk about that stuff later. First and foremost, you better be building that relationship. First and foremost, you better be loving that person. You can say, well, it's a matter of interpretation. It's a matter of how I read the Bible. It's a matter of living out a life by the Bible. It's a matter of my prayer life. Sure. Absolutely. Those things are important. For a lot of these concerns, for things like divorce, for matters of way more import, of oppression and racism, awful, awful things that are going on in our real lives, those things are important. We should be reading our Bible. We should be discerning. We should be praying. But before all of that, we need to be living our lives like Jesus did and seeking out relationships and loving people, loving our neighbor. If you're not doing that, you are never, ever going to make any progress. You're never going to reach the point where you can create order. We'll talk more about order in the future whenever we talk about uh, exactly what we're doing, whenever we talk about what, what exactly I'm doing as a pastor and how I see myself as someone who creates order. Hint, you're looking at it, right? I mean, Checkpoint Church is order. I'm seeking to build a community so that I can provide some order in the lives of some people so that I can try and love them into a relationship with God, into a relationship with their neighbor. That's a good thing. But I'm not going to get at it from the get-go. What I'm going to do first and foremost is tell you, like I do, in every single episode of everything that we do, God loves you, I love you, you matter. God loves you, I love you, you matter. Relationship, relationship, relationship. These are important. I think I've said my piece on this. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we are going to be back in just a moment with our uh, Q&A segment. We're going to go through a bunch of questions. Be sure to type any questions you might have that you'd like to have answered in the chat box. I will be sure to get to them as soon as I get back, uh, and we will also go through some interesting questions if we have some extra time. So with that, stick with us. We will be right back. Oops, let me ask you a quick question. Do you like things? Do you like reading? Do you like watching? Do you like playing? I bet you like one of those three things, maybe all three. Well, you should join us for the Babylon podcast where you are the host. Every single Saturday, I make three recommendations, something you should be watching, something you should be playing, something you should be reading. And then you have up until the uh, upcoming Sunday after that to let me know your thoughts to send them into our voice message feature on anchor.fm slash checkpoint dash church and tell me why those things are either the best thing you've ever heard of or the absolute worst. I want your best opinions. I want everything you can throw at me. Let's make this Babylon something to remember. Again, that's Babylon, the podcast where you are the host here on the Checkpoint Church Hub. Let's get into it. All right, what's up, everybody? We are right back with the show. As always, with this second half of the show, feel free, type any questions that you might have over in the chat. I'm going to go through the chat really quickly just to see what comments we've had so far. I don't think we've had any questions yet, uh, but just kind of taking it in. Uh, maybe 30 bats and Layla, I appreciate both of you uh, interacting with this one. I think this, yeah, I got a little heated there. There's a lot to talk about and a lot of exciting things. So I appreciate you guys being a part of this conversation. Um, Layla, you said, I love how Jesus uses hyperbole and parables. I feel like understanding them is what unlocks the rest of scripture by opening the mind to spiritual truths. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, I think that so much of what we read uh, requires so much interpretation and time taken. And, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that we can do. I like the term unlock. I really like that idea that there's something deeper 
below the surface. There's something more to scripture. There's something more to what Jesus says. I mean, we can assume, right? Jesus is, if, if we believe Jesus is who he says he is, then everything that Jesus says is of such great importance, is of such deeper meaning. Uh, and so we really need to read and enjoy and look into and make connections and interpret and prayerfully consider. And so I think those are all important things and reasons why I really do love scripture. And so uh, I remember, I think it was you, Layla, who said a couple weeks ago you were doing Lectio Divina. And I think that's super cool. I imagine that's that's only helped you further um, break to pieces scripture and better understand it and provide kind of an exegetical background to all of these things. Maybe 30 bats. You asked, what is your favorite way to make a new friend and build up a group of friends? That's a wonderful question. I have a couple, I have a couple ways that I like to do it. Uh, and I'm doing it right now here at Checkpoint. Um, I think that video games is an incredible way of finding relationship. Um, board games, D&D, any kind of thing where you get the opportunity to do the holy act of play uh, and just get to be fun and just get to have fun. I think that's the way you're going to make friends more than just acquaintances. Uh, this is kind of one of my problems that I found whenever I was serving the church. And I love serving the church, uh, but I never really got below the surface level with any of my parishioners. With anybody at my church, I wasn't ever able to really dive deeper into knowing them because everything that we had was really very professional. Uh, it was really very surface level. It was very, you know, there was there was a, a lot of a lot of modicum of, of professionalism and eloquence and all of these beautiful things. Uh, and we weren't ever able to really dive deep. And so I think that's what play does for us is it gives us the opportunity to break down the boundaries and the walls a little bit and get to be our genuine selves who just like to have fun and be ridiculous and be absurd and silly and creative. Uh, and we get to really explain some of our things whenever we let those kind of emotions um, really take the forefront and evolve through our relationships. So I think that's probably, you know, my favorite way is to find a group of friends who want to play, who want to do something interesting, who want to play a video game together, who want to start a discord and uh, do, you know, something in there. Speaking of which I should mention this and I can drop this in the chat for sure. We have a discord that I have been working on like crazy. And I would love for anybody and everyone that would be willing uh, to join us to hop on over there to join our discord. Um, we've got, you know, a lot of new stuff happening and they, uh, what we're doing there is I've got, you know, categories where you guys can just chat about anything and everything type, you know, typing back and forth to each other, sharing what you're doing, sharing the latest things in your lives. But then there's also segments like I was about to mention hopping on discord. We have discord rooms. Is that a dead link? Oh no. Well, let me see if I can find a new one. Um, because I definitely want to make sure that we have everybody welcome. Let's see if let's see if this one works out any better for us. See how that one works for us. That looks the same to me, doesn't it? Well, I will work on that. It says expired still. All right. Well, I don't want to take up too much of our time right now. I'll try and do it in the background as best as possible. Um, but whenever I go to invite, that's what comes up. Let's see. I'll edit it. Expires never. No limit. Generate a new link. Let's try this new link. Here we go. Third link in the chat. Maybe this one will work. Tell me if that one works for you. Anyway, what I was saying was what we're doing here in this Discord is we're promoting conversation among things. This will also be where our book club takes place. We're doing World Trigger, uh, Volume 1. It'll be where our Life is Strange conversations take place. 
uh, it will be where our, uh, a lot of different things take place, but one whole segment of our, uh, discord is just a bunch of rooms. And so if you're bored and you have a bunch of friends on our discord, if you have people that you welcome into our discord, which is an open community, then you just invite people and say, Hey, let's meet in room number four and play among us. And you're welcome to do that. And if we run out of rooms, guess what? I'll make more rooms. It's fine. We'll keep on expanding it. But I want that to be a place that you feel comfortable inviting people to. Uh, you know, our rules kind of maintain themselves uh, as far as being a uh, only at mentions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's because Discord drives me crazy. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys being a part of it. And I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, the stuff we're doing there is really exciting. Uh, and more, more important to me than anything with that is that I almost want that to serve as kind of our de facto building. That's our de facto community where, uh, you know, we're here on Twitch, um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Um, you know, we're doing stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all these different places, but discord is where we are. You know what I mean? It's kind of our catch all. That's where everybody ends up. That's where anybody can start a conversation. It doesn't have to be so direct for me or from checkpoint. Uh, but instead it can be a place where we just exist and be with one another. So I hope that you guys will check that out. And I did, I appreciate you mentioning that because that's a great idea. And the reason I mentioned that at all was because you asked, how do we make friends? And I think the best way to make new friends and to build new relationships could be uh, through things like a discord and through things like a, uh, you know, Hey, I'm looking to join a game. I'm looking to, to play a game. I'm, I'm looking to start a new D and D campaign. Is anybody on this discord interested in starting a D and D campaign? And odds are you'll get somebody out there that's really wanting to get in there. So that's a, that's another way that we can do some of that. Layla, you said I've made some friends uh, from some musician Twitch streams, joined Discord and have been having some wins lately. See, that's great. So yeah, exactly. Discord can do some really neat things. Uh, and I do find that music has a special way of bringing people together, um, especially if you are a musician or if you have a relationship with music, you have a relationship with poetry or prose or any of that stuff. Um, that really tends to bring people together in that way. Let's see. We have another one. Uh, Caleb, you said any advice for people who have a hard time keeping friends tend to be avoidant and prefer to be alone. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. Um, we actually did a couple podcasts ago, a whole podcast on introversion and what it means to be an introvert and how can an introvert do church. But if you are less interested in being a part of, you know, a religious or spiritual structure right now. I totally get that. And so it wasn't just about how introverts can be a part of church, but it was also how a part of how introverts and people who prefer to be alone can just be a part of community um, and how we do that and how we make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And so I gave a lot of um, ideas and suggestions in that segment of the show where I just kind of say, Hey, I'm this way and this is how I make it work. Uh, you know, some of it involves a little bit of stretching of ourselves. Some of it involves a little bit of, of working on ourselves, but a lot of it also involves being kind and gentle to ourselves and acknowledging, no, this is who I am. I'm made this way. I am a person who prefers alone time. And so taking that time, cherishing that time, but then also taking intentional time where we know we have the energy, we know we have the wherewithal, stretching ourselves a little bit. Um, Hard time keeping friends. I totally get it. I think that, you know, that, that takes a couple different avenues. It takes us down a couple different roads where we have trouble sometimes maintaining a relationship. And the reason we have that issue is life happens. Things move forward. We get busy, uh, or we just truly aren't 
interested in, in interacting in that moment. And we just need some time away from people and some people understand it and some people don't. And so being upfront, uh, with your friends, you know, and just say, Hey, th- I need some alone time. I need some time to be alone, but you know, I'll be back or I love you if you're, you know, comfortable getting there with that. Uh, but just, just saying like, Hey, you know, love you, bro. Love you, sis. But I, I'm gonna need some time alone. I'm gonna need some time to myself. Uh, I'm gonna be gone for a little bit or, you know, doing things like that are, are, are intentional ways of practicing that. I would also say that giving yourself some grace, giving yourself a break and saying that odds are a lot of the people that you've maybe lost as friends, you haven't actually lost, but instead that, uh, maybe you just, they genuinely don't know. We make a lot of assumptions about other people and we think that they've left us or we think that they've uh, insulted us or we think that they've abandoned us. And I think that's just our head. I think that's just our brain. Uh, that's my, that's my introvert brain for sure. If I, you know, let's say for instance, if I comment on somebody's like Instagram post or something and they don't, man, they got to immediately comment back. And if they don't just immediately comment back to me, I'm like, they're not my friend anymore. I've lost them. They don't like me. They didn't laugh at my joke. They didn't laugh at my humor. I I've lost them. I get very dramatic (laughs) and maybe you do too. And it's, it's something that eventually I have to, you know, just say, just put it into the ether and just say, I think blank blank doesn't like me anymore. And so then we, then we, we fall, fall into that. And then we say it out loud and we hear that it either sounds super ridiculous or eventually they respond to your comment or something like that. And then you realize, Oh, I, I totally blew this out of proportion. Uh, Layla, you said, I think of vulnerability as a superpower and it certainly is. And I think that's a part of our rules here on the, on the channel is that we're striving to grow. We're striving to work towards that superpower. I think that being able to be vulnerable can be a superpower. It can be a weakness. It can be a little of both. And so acknowledging it in ourselves and saying, Hey, I'm not vulnerable enough and I need to be and working on that, working towards it, striving to grow there or acknowledging, Hey, uh, I'm a little too vulnerable. I wear my heart on my sleeve a little too much. I need to toughen up. I need to let it, let it, let some things slide. I need to try and work some things out because that's better for my mental health. That's also an important thing to put on your heart. Maybe 30 bats. You said reconnection with folks is always an available choice. Absolutely. I tend to get nervous about if somebody has forgotten about me. So I need that reminder a lot. Yes, exactly. You have to know reconnection is more of an option than you think. And odds are, uh, you know, kind of the, the old, um, cliche, you know, if you let somebody go and they come back, that's a little bit cliche. That's a little bit cheesy, but the truth of that saying is instead just put those feelers out there. And, you know, in my experience, eight out of 10 times, you, you'll probably get that connection right back. Uh, because people genuinely, I believe people are innately good and, uh, odds are, more similar to all of us than we realize. You know, I think introverts and people that prefer to be alone, such as you and I, we are a little bit more in touch with that side of our psyche, a little bit more in touch with that side of our emotions. But odds are even the extroverts, even the people on on every end of the spectrum and on every piece and parcel, um, we're all just the same and we're all striving to love and to feel loved. And so we're figuring out how to do that. Layla, you said emotional trauma is an internal obstacle. It takes a lot of effort to come to terms with your past. Absolutely. And that's a lot of this I touched on in that podcast of allowing, allowing yourself two things. You have to allow yourself grace and give yourself a break. 
but you also have to really encourage yourself to stretch and to grow. Um, but not without seriously considering first healing. You know, it doesn't matter how many times we we scratch a scab off, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how many times we try and just think ourselves out of our pain. We have to work with it. Dealing with that currently and letting go of somebody. And that's a challenge. That's a real thing. And so, you know, odds are during this time, if you're having to deal with emotional things like that, if you're having to deal with these kind of overwhelming experiences, then you're probably not going to be able to focus on stretching yourself as an extrovert or whatever. Not saying that you are, Layla, just giving an example of, uh, we can only do so much. Our bodies can only do so much. Our minds can only do so much. Our hearts can only do so much. Our souls can only do so much. We have to realize our limits and we have to make sure that we're pushing those limits. But at the same time, we've got to cherish those limits. We've got to take care of them. We've got to love ourselves as well. Those are both both important matters and important concerns. And it's the reason why it's the reason why our rules come in the order they do. We do good first and foremost, because good should be done. We do no harm, including to ourselves. And we strive to grow last. We want to grow, but first and foremost, we want to make sure we do good, make sure that we do no harm. Then after we've done something good, after we've made sure nothing is being harmed, then we can grow. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a process. It's a procedure. It's a, it's a back and forth. It's a push and shove. It's a little bit of taking and leave it. It's a little bit of everything. And so these are good things. These are good things. These are good topics. You guys are having some great questions, some great, some great commentary in there as we think through these things. Uh, you know, and, and I think that the way that it relates to the church is that's why we're doing here at Checkpoint Church is why we're doing this thing is that we are striving and hoping that we can be this place. We're hoping that we can be an instance where you might be able to come and express those things and to be able to say, Hey, not having a good day, <laughs> you know, Hey, I really need some time. Um, or a place where, you know, you can come to our whatever, and you don't have to, you don't have to put out the mental energy that it would take to do a voice chat or do a zoom call or to do an in-person thing and just say, Hey, does anybody want to just chat about comic books? Let's just go to the comic book section and chat point And let's just, Let's just check comic books. Let's just do it. We don't have no, no expectations, no, you know, over uh, exertion of our extroversion, but instead let's just have fun. Let's just enjoy one another's company. And hopefully that'll be a way to make friends. That'll be a way to, to build up that relationship a little bit. Let's see. I'm going to drop that discord again. Glad that that discord worked that time. I need to go ahead and change that Discord link everywhere. I definitely set it up to never expire, but for some reason it did. Very strange. The more of myself that I pour out for others, the more the Holy Spirit pours into me. Sure. That's exactly, you know, in a way that's what I'm saying as far as it's a yes and. It's a it's a both and. It's a way that we're accepting the Holy Spirit. We're accepting uh, grace. We're accepting these things, but we're also ensuring that we do stretch ourselves. And so, yeah, Exactly. Uh, it is it is the Holy Spirit within us. It's the Holy Spirit through us. It's the Holy Spirit pouring into us. It's all at once. Um, and then also stretching ourselves within certain restraints. Uh, but being aware of that, I, I don't want to push anybody into a state of burnout. Um, that's one of my big concerns and my concern with you um, uh, is that I, I, I with, with, with any of you, I should say, um, is that I just want to make sure that you realize that, yes, it is okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a hard day. It's okay to have to cut somebody out of your life. 
It's okay as long as you're making sure you're doing good, as long as it's the good thing to do, as long as it's not doing any harm or it's ending harm and we're striving to grow. Those are the things that we, we kind of constrain ourselves within just because they're helpful, but maybe they don't help you. And if they don't, that's fine. Let's work on it. Let's talk about it. Uh, and we have a whole section of the, um, of the discord. Uh, you know, I understand that some people are at different levels of spirituality. Certain people are at different places with their faith, but we do have a section where we talk about spiritual things. Uh, we have a prayer request section there. We have an encouraging scripture section there, and we're going to have some more stuff. I've also got the pastor study in there where I'll have, you know, kind of like a coffee shop essentially, where if, if you want to have a one-on-one with me and let's just talk, maybe you're having a hard day. Maybe something's really been getting you down. I'm not a licensed counselor. I'm not, you know, I don't have any legal ability to do any of that stuff. I don't have any professional ability to do that kind of stuff. But hey, if you just need somebody to talk to, somebody to listen, and somebody to just be there for you, I'm here. I'm here. That's what I'm doing. That's why we end every episode the same way, right? I genuinely mean it whenever I say that God loves nerds and I love nerds and that nerds matter. It's important to me that you guys realize that and that I at least be an instance of that. I may not be the person that you need. Uh, you know, I'm offering myself up, but I perfectly acknowledge that you may not need to come and talk to me, but maybe somebody else in this community might be able to talk to you. Maybe you'll make a relationship with one of the people in this community that uh, is more beneficial than I could ever be. That's perfectly fine with me. The church is not me either. Uh, that's one thing. Another misconception. We could, we, could, we could add this misconception to the top half of the show. The church, and I'll say this one loud and clear, the church is not the pastor. Oh, that, that's one that grinds my gears. That's one that really gets me going. The church is not the pastor. So many people have it so confused. They look at the, they look at the pastor and they say, you are the church. No, 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 no. That's so wrong. That's so far from the truth. Yeah, maybe 30 bats. I know you get what I'm saying. Oh, we are not the church. The pastor is not the church, but we together, the body of Christ, we are the unified church. Together we become the church. The church is not a building. The church is not the pastor. The church is a gathering. It's a community. It's a bunch of people. And ideally, it will one, one day become something greater. Not an accurate representation of the kingdom. Well, I think that it should be, though. Maybe, maybe if we're if I'm reading what you're saying the correct way, you know, we acknowledge that we're not perfect, but ideally, and Jesus's prayer for us, like we read in that in that in that passage, is that we might one day be one, as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So we aren't the accurate representation of the kingdom, but we're sure trying to be. <laughs> and if people keep listening to these kind of podcasts and working towards what I'm discerning here. And if more people preach things like this, I know I'm preaching a little bit. I'm not trying to preach, I promise. This is supposed to just be a podcast, but sometimes I get fired up. I am a pastor for a reason. <laughs> I did get a calling for a reason. There's a reason that I'm I'm starting to ramble and starting to preach. I promise I'm not trying to. I don't want to overwhelm anybody with that kind of stuff. But it is our it is our goal. It's where we're headed. We're being future-minded while living in the present. We're doing both and. So it's just a matter of figuring these things out. You guys have offered up some really great conversation. And please do realize that you guys is a colloquialism. <laughs> I realize that I say that a lot. I watched back one of my videos not too long ago. I realized how often I say you guys. I really, I mean like you guys. I mean like you uh, guys, everybody, the people. I don't mean literally men. I'm not trying to be 
you know, uh, super patriarchal or like to all the men out there, let's talk about manly things. That's not a, that's not what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's just my colloquialism. So, uh, maybe 30 bats. We are the recognized ramblers. Yes, we do. It's something about that pastoral soul. We're just really good at just talking. Uh, and I could talk forever. Uh, and if, if I didn't set myself this parameter from 12 to one, I probably would. My voice would just wear out every single day. Layla, I'm glad that I'm speaking your language and glad that I'm giving off some good vibes. I try my best, um, but I acknowledge that anything, you know, any good feelings that you get are probably not just thanks to me. I'm trying to be as intentional as I can, uh, but I pray about this stuff every day, uh, every single day. I, I, it's all I think about and all I work towards is trying to be the most positive and encouraging presence I can be. I pray for Checkpoint being the you know place that feels welcoming and that people feel comfortable here. I try and strive uh, to, to keep away from churchies and, you know, Christianese and all that language that we use that sometimes is unhelpful and scary and overwhelming for some people. Uh, I genuinely just want to reach people. I genuinely just want to help nerds feel welcomed and loved and figure out what better way we can do that. What better way we can, t- can, can, can build one another up and make sure that first and foremost, we're seeking out a relationship with one another. I, and if, I believe, I firmly believe if we can do that, we can do anything. Um, we can we can figure it out together. We can work through those challenging scriptures. We can work through those challenging topics and those challenging themes, and we can love one another better. So, yeah. Y'all have offered up some really excellent conversation. We don't have much time left. We probably have enough time for one more good ramble if we have any other questions. But while we're waiting on that, I can try and do another random number generator and go through another one of these really interesting questions. See if we have any of them left. Question 35. But I'll keep an eye on the chat if you guys have any questions that are more interesting. 35. Do I think psychic abilities exist? If so, which one would I like to have? I don't think the if so is really necessary. Um, Just if they were real. If they weren't, whatever. Which one would I like to have? Psychic abilities. Do I think psychic abilities exist? I don't know. Probably not. But I mean, sure. Anything can I, I try not to limit myself to any kind of anything. I like to tell myself that almost anything can be, uh, you know, and I, I like to use God as a conduit of that saying that God can do anything, but I don't know. <laughs> Psychic abilities might be a bit of a stretch. I will tell you this much. If they do, I hope it's not anything like Akira because no, mm-mm. one of my favorite instances of psychic or psychokinetic stuff. I like Esper's. I like that kind of stuff. I like the ESP. I like the kind of stuff where it's like uh, 999. If you've never played 999, one of these days I'll play it on this channel just for funsies because it's seriously one of my favorite series ever. The Zero Escape series is the best. Uh, But I love it. I love this idea of um, the way that they do it. I will say this. The way that they do uh, ESP feels like it could exist. He does a really good job. Um, Kataru Uchikoshi, I believe, I believe it's Uchikoshi. Uh, he does a really good job of explaining how psychic mental images might be able to pass from one room to the other. So yeah, sure. That'd be pretty cool. I got, but see, even then I don't think I would like to have that one because that particular ability is not super useful. Uh, the way they tested it 
was uh, through the end of the game. Spoiler alert for the last last puzzle of nine nine nine. Uh, it's a Sudoku puzzle <laughs> and it's supposedly unsolvable unless you were to somehow get the clues or the other aspect or whatever and put it together to figure out which numbers or which letters, et cetera, et cetera. And that only happens through being able to go into, uh, June is her name, which her name is actually a different name, but June going into June's understanding and June's reliving of this story. And so we go across, you know, you've seen the dialogue trees in video games. The cool thing that it does is that the ability of ESP allows for memories within this branch of the tree to come into this branch. They can go over the branches, which is a super cool concept. Uh, so, it's pretty cool and it makes sense and it's logical. So I guess I would want that psychic ability because it's real, but it's not very impressive. If I really could have anyone, I'd want like Magneto or not Magneto, uh, Xavier. I'd want like X-Men level psychic stuff. Uh, we do not need psychic toddler trope in this world. No, sir. I think that's really more the thing, right? As soon as, as soon as psychic abilities do exist, people abuse them and then it becomes no fun anymore. <laughs> so if, if I had psychic abilities, the first thing I would do with my psychic abilities, is make sure that I'm the only one. And then I would hold myself to not abusing it. Lately, you say the Holy Spirit is the Mac Daddy of psychics. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong in a sense, um, depending on how you understand, uh, you know, psychic stuff, psychokinetic stuff. It's weird. It's weird. Psychics are weird. Uh, but even then, just like the really ephemeral level of psychics of just being able to kind of read into somebody's future or do the like tarot cards or anything like that. I don't know. That stuff is a, that stuff is a little hard for me to believe, but I have a hard time. I have a hard time. Uh, I have a really hard time trying to put limits on anything. I like to think that anything could happen. Uh, and I, I, I live by that and I have fun with that kind of reality. But I also acknowledge that's probably not the most likely thing and probably not the most Christian thing to say either. So sorry to any of you that don't like that. All right, let's see. We'll do one more question. 99. Oh, there's my dog. Question 99. If you could replace war with something to settle countries differences, what would it be? Replace war with something. Obviously video games. We've done it. We solved all the problems. Just go ahead and put all the world leaders in a Super Smash tournament. Whoever wins gets to take all the candy. And I do mean literally candy. All right. My dog is about to drive me crazy. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up because I don't, I know that that cannot sound good with a dog barking in the background of this podcast. Uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Layla and maybe 30 bats uh, and, and, and Khaled, Khalid. From earlier, thank you so much for engaging with us and having conversations. Uh, we thank you for your questions, your support, and for your beautiful selves. If we didn't get your answer, or if you did not get your question answered in this episode, be sure to join us next Thursday at noon on Twitch for another shot. Be sure to join us every Thursday, noon to one. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook at Checkpoint Church NC, Twitter at Checkpoint Nerd, Instagram at Checkpoint Church. If you want more podcast content, be sure to follow our podcast hub. It's on every podcast provider. Give us a five star if you don't mind. It super helps us out. Plus, we'd love to read your reviews and hear what you think about the show, what you love about the show, what you hate, maybe not what you hate. Send those to email. 
five-star review with things you love. That'd be great. Uh, and we will happily read those five-star reviews live on air. With that, folks, this has been Chatpoint. I have been your nerd pastor, Nate. Remember, if you haven't heard this yet today, which you already have, but I'm going to say it again. God loves you. I love you. You matter. Be blessed, friends. Until next time. Bye-bye.